Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Vicki. And I'm Ken. This is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 10, We All Fall Down. Guest cast Brent Spiner returns as Brother Adrian. Created by Brent Moat and Jane Espenson. Written by Holly Harold, John Paul Nickel, and Michael Jones Morales. Directed by Chris Fisher. Original air date, October 1st, 2012. Pete, I, um, just get to the bronze sector now. What is it? Are you okay? No, I'm not. We're not. And now the episode quick cap. Season 4, episode 10, the mid-season finale. We all fall down. Pete and Micah arrive at the warehouse to find Lena dead. Claudia arrives and is in denial until Mrs. Frederick calls and tells them more about the astrolabe. When it was used during the French Revolution, its use turned the user evil, which resulted in the reign of terror. Artie appears in the warehouse and tells the others that the astrolabe is affecting him and warns them to stay away. They discover that Artie is a hologram meant to trick and distract them, while the real Artie lights the IRS section on fire. This is the section where the Warehouse 8 documents were stored. Pete has visions of Lena, who leads him to the information on the dagger that HG has been searching for. Claudia tracks Artie to Budapest, and Mrs. Frederick follows. Artie is captured in the airport, but then escapes using the barometer. Artie is searching for the dagger to open the box that contains the Chinese orchid. The orchid was hidden by Warehouse 8 to protect the world from the deadly English sweating sickness. Steve and Claudia head to Berlin and visit the site where Warehouse 8 once stood. Pete and Micah locate the dagger in Budapest. Artie appears and is able to incapacitate them and steals the dagger. Artie meets with the Steinbruck family, descendants of Franz, who was the caretaker of Warehouse 8. He is able to convince them that he is from the warehouse and that the orchid needs to be moved. Both teams arrive at the mill. Micah gets her hands on the dagger and drops it into the mill wheel, hoping to destroy it. Artie is able to retrieve it by again stopping time with the barometer. He breaks the glass and throws the orchid blossom into the air. Real Artie appears and wills Claudia to release him by stabbing him with the dagger. Artie is free, but the blossom is still in midair. Pete tries to catch it, but it disintegrates in his hand, releasing black particles into the air and out into the world. Oh my God, what? She's dead. What happened? Someone shot her. Hi, we're back with the mid-season finale, season four, episode 10, We All Fall Down. Artifacts of the week from Warehouse Wiki are... Francis Borjo dagger was a knife that haunted Artie dreams after he used the Asperlade to reverse the destruction of the warehouse. The description reads, see episode 11. So since we are not there yet, we will read it in the next episode. And the Chinese orchid. In the 15th century, Europe, with its desire for Eastern goods, tried to force China to trade with them. China fought back, and its emperor sent an artifact as a warning, a strange blue orchid that released a disease that would come to be known as the English sweating sickness. The epidemic was incurable, and victims often died within 24 hours. Several thousand people were taken by October of 1485, the year the disease was released, and the disease ultimately claimed approximately half the total populations of wherever it spread. I'm afraid Arthur took her life. No way, okay? 
Artie would never... No one is more disturbed than I am, Agent Latimer. I realize it sounds unlikely. Oh, unlikely? Try impossible. Pete, I've been telling you what's happening. And in light of recent circumstances. There's no other explanation, is there? I'm afraid not. That's not true. That cannot be true. I'm afraid so, Claudia. It would appear the prophecy of the astrolabe has come to pass. And an evil has been created. And that evil is already. We were both wrong, but sort of right about Claudia and the dagger. Oh, yeah. I, uh... I thought that Artie was misinterpreting the vision and Claudia wasn't stabbing him. You thought that evil Artie was stabbing real Artie or vice versa. Either way, you thought he was stabbing himself. So I was right that Artie was misinterpreting the vision, just not in the way I thought. And you were right. kind of right about him stabbing himself, sort of, because real Artie did want Claudia to stab him. Yes. Yeah, that came clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a way, he did want to stab himself, but it was Claudia who had to do it. So I'm still fixated on Brother Adrian this week. So (laughs) did you see Brother Adrian's expression change when Mrs. Frederick told Pete and Micah that she gave the astrolabe to H.G.? Was he there when he told her that? Yeah, she was talking to Pete and Mike. She was talking to somebody on the Farnsworth, and Mrs. Frederick told them on the Farnsworth with Brother Adrian standing there that she had given the astrolabe to H.G., and even she doesn't know where she is. And they put the camera on his face for a minute, and his expression changed a little bit. Okay, now, why do I think that his expression was changing when he had said, um, oh, maybe that was the point that I missed it. He said something as he was walking away. Thank you, Brother Adrian. We're in your debt. Yes, you are. And if all this works out, I'd like to have my astrolabe back. Yes, that was the next thing I was going to say, because I don't know if they're doing this to make us think something's up with him. You know how they always do that? Mm-hmm. His expression changed just a little bit, but they specifically put the camera on his face when she said that, so we could see his expression change. Right. And then when he's leaving the room, he says, uh, Mrs. Frederick thanks him, you know, for his help. And he says, and he says it like the brother Adrian we've seen through this whole season. He says, when this is all over with, I want my astrolabe back. Right. Yeah. So because I'm, I'm still, I don't know. I just think there's something wrong or they're trying to make us think something wrong was wrong. But in the warehouse, when Claudia mentions that the astrolabe was never in the warehouse, so she didn't know how Artie even got it, they both say that it doesn't make sense. And last week, you asked where they got the astrolabe. And at the time, I said I meant to go back and check, but I forgot. So while I was editing last week's episode, other than the two clips that we did, I looked it up, and they got the astrolabe in France. Okay. So if you remember, France is where they were in that cab with the cab driver talking about the alien mothership. Yes, and, yes, and yes. that the Brotherhood was following them around. And that's where Claudia found the astrolabe and then got trapped in the wall. Yes, they did. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So then they went to Rome to get the Alidade. But I went back because I'm thinking Brother Adrian was in both places. He was in France and then he was in Italy. And he was. I watched the episode again. And you know, I hate that. But I keep going back to that first episode. When they first found the astrolabe and Claudia was still in the wall... He told Artie that belongs to them and to put it back. And he's the one who made the wall cave in so Claudia got trapped. Pete or Micah zaps him with the Tesla. Mm -hmm. But then when Pete and Artie are in Italy, he's in Italy. I think he does a Miss Frederick. 
I don't know. Well, I still don't think Artie and Pete were ever in Italy. But I'm thinking maybe Artie did see him in France, at least. Um, to me, he doesn't miss Frederick. He just pops out of nowhere. Right. But they're saying right now that Artie imagined him. But did he really imagine him in both places? Is Brother Adrian lying when he says he never met Artie? Did he meet him in France? I don't know. So wouldn't Steve be able to tell if he's lying? Um, yeah, probably, huh? So then Artie imagined him in both places. Although he might not remember because they turned the day back. Hmm. How could Artie and... Well, hmm. I don't know why this is bothering me so much, but I can't get past it. Well, they keep on saying that, you know, Artie's in there fighting, so... Yeah, I guess so. I guess he could imagine it. And then again, what part is true and what part is not true? Right. And I think that's what I'm getting hung up on. It's almost like in this episode, they're trying to make us think that Brother Adrian, there's something up with him. I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around this. This one's mind boggling, whatever they want to call it. Huh. And I'm going to say again, I know this is probably annoying to people who have already seen this, that we don't know what's going on. But I kind of have to say I'm glad I don't remember. And I like kind of trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Because this storyline's gone on for so long that I think if I actually remembered everything that happens, I'd be bored at this point, waiting for it to end. Right, because it's starting to get interested. Yeah, so all all we'd be thinking is, oh, we know what's going to happen and we can't say. And it's just, that'd be annoying. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's funny, I remembered this thing about the orchid. And I remembered that they all had to go to another country to keep the orchid out of someone's hands from infecting the world. But I didn't remember the someone being Artie, and I didn't remember this being any part of the astrolabe thing. I just thought it was another episode, you know. Right, because I remember the mill. Yeah. And only certain parts of it, because I'm going, oh. Yeah, I remembered that they had to go and get people that were guarding the orchid to do something with the orchid, and they were trying to keep it out of somebody's hands. But I totally never remembered that it was Artie. And I remember that those people, the descendants from Warehouse 8 and all that stuff, I remember almost mm-hmm. the whole episode, except the parts where it was Artie they were trying to keep the orchid away from. Yeah. And I just figured it was an episode, a, you know, a regular episode where they're out hunting artifacts, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't figure out why I remember the things I remember and don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> So, apparently, the deadliest artifact in Warehouse 8 was something called the Chinese Orchid. Back in the 15th century, Europe tried to force China to trade with them. Now, China resisted the emperor sent this this artifact as a warning, this strange blue orchid that released a disease called English Sweating Sickness. English Sweating Sickness was an epidemic that killed its victims within 24 hours. No, no cure was ever found. And then it disappeared. Exactly. When Warehouse 8 agents snagged and back the orchid. Apparently, the orchid is so lethal, they encased it in some kind of impenetrable container. Okay, wait, so Artie is looking for a sharp, pointy dagger and an impenetrable case. Is anyone thinking what I'm thinking? I think Artie's going to use the dagger to open the container and get the orchid. He'll release an epidemic that potentially could wipe out half of the world's population. He wants to make it so bad that we have no choice but to hand over the astrolabe and turn things back to the way they were. I wonder why Lena shows herself to Pete and not to Claudia or Micah. I don't know, because he said it more than once. Yeah. And they look at him kind of strangely, but she pointed him to the direction of the uh, picture of the dagger and the information. Right. Because she calls his name, too. So she's specifically appearing to him. Sometimes they say children and animals see things that adults can't. And Pete's a kid at heart. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, yeah, that, I never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say, and Pete is. He's the kid at heart, so it's easier for him to see her than the rest of them would be. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. I don't think he was closer to her than the other two. Nope. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> Poor Pete. Mrs. F, I- I've been seeing Lena lately. Her, I don't know, her energy, her aura, or whatever. She showed me the dagger because it's part of Artie's plan. I'm sure of it. I can feel it. And Steve seems to have a thing about the Vatican and the Brotherhood. Started to make a comment last week when the priest brought them down to the library, but Mrs. Frederick stopped him. And then Brother Adrian says that the Brotherhood has respect for knowledge and its power and new ideas, no matter what source. And Steve seems skeptical, and he really, he doesn't say anything except really, but you can see that he's skeptical. We will find them in here. Let us hope so. It is an impressive collection. We have a great respect for knowledge and its power and the revelation of new ideas, no matter what the source. Really? Yes. We are under the protection of the Vatican, not under its rule. I may be lying. Well, maybe, but I think Steve would have told Mrs. Frederick he was lying. But I think he knew that what he was thinking and said, don't say anything. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, like even kids say something, you know, they're going to tell the truth and you don't want them to tell the truth. So you kind of go, mm, nah, not here, not now. I totally took it as he has a problem with organized religion, which I could see. The man's gay, you know, he would have a problem with organized religion. I could see that part, but part of me thinks that he knows there's something not right. And he was going to call him out on it, and Mrs. Frederick stopped him from calling him out on it. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, it is very likely you're also a fan of Eureka. And if you aren't, you should be. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Mrs. Frederick warned them. And more worrisome. He knows us, our strengths and our weaknesses. Don't worry, Mrs. Frederick. We'll find him. But Artie used the same distraction tactic on all of them. He just said awful things to them. Right. Oh, he was good. Yeah, he was good. And even though Micah says it's stuff that they fear about themselves, they still, but all three of them, were distracted enough for him to do whatever he had to do. Right, because you're kind of second-guessing that one. It's like... You know, you're hurting my feelings, but I know it's not really you. Right. But subconsciously... He's still hurting their feelings. Right, but subconsciously, is that what you're really seriously thinking about me? Right. So he may not be saying it verbally, but mentally, is this what you're saying or thinking? Yeah. You know, you're just fearing my feelings. But when he said that he never loved any of you, that's a lie. Because even though you might think somebody irritates the heck out of you, you still love them deep down. Even though he was saying that, I don't think he met that part because he, he's grown to love them. Right. And like Micah said, he knows the things that they worry about for themselves. Like Pete mm-hmm. worries about going back to the bottle and acting like a six-year-old. You're an idiot, Pete. You're a dancing monkey. Just one 
decision away from the bottle. You really think that Hardy wants to be your substitute father, playing daddy to a weak-willed six-year-old, trapped in an aging man's body, still whining about letting his real father die in a fire when you should have saved him? And Micah worries about ending up alone. And you, with your uncompromising prudish rigidity and your condescension and your infuriating belief that you're always the smartest one in the room, you're on a direct path to spending the rest of your life alone. Claudia worries about nobody loves her. So he hit them right where they need... Of course. Right where it hurt. And mm-hmm. even though I don't know that they believed him... It still stings. Right. Because it, the information has to come from somewhere. Right. And right. subconsciously, I believe that's where the evil already pulled that out of. Because part of it is true. Even Micah thinking she's better than everybody. You know, she's smarter than everybody. Not better, but smarter than everybody. And, you know, duh, this, duh, that. And he pulled that. And, you know, he played that card. And yeah. subconsciously, somewhere in your mind, you got to come up with that in order for the evil to pull it. Where did the evil get the uh, the information from? He's got to hear it from somewhere. Oh, yeah. And he already knows them well enough to know how insecure they are about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is what Mrs. Frederick was telling them. But even though they were prepared for it, they weren't really prepared for exactly what he was going to say to them. Right. Because of the way he said it. Oh, yeah. my God. He would have hurt my feelings, too. Right. Right. I know. And Claudia... She was the one I thought was going to be hurt the most, but she was hurt, definitely. But she seemed to snap out of it quicker than Pete or Micah. You, you're the worst of them. You're an insolent, annoying child. You'll never be a woman who only wants everybody to love her. Here's the truth. Artie doesn't love you doesn't love any of you. You've ruined his life. She didn't seem to take it to heart as much as Pete and Micah did because I think she understood why he was doing that. Yes. It seemed mm-hmm. to me anyway. Yes. But then she also figures out that stabbing Artie will save the real Artie. Right. And then Artie tells her with his mind to do it and to save him, but it's too late to save them from the orchid. Which I had to go back, because how did he tell her with his mind? But I had to go back to make sure he didn't actually say it, but he didn't. He told her with his mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know how he did that. Oh, my God. The arrogance. I cast you out. Claudia, do it. Save me. I cast you out! Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM.
so I have to imagine we'll be seeing HG again at some point since apparently this astrolabe story isn't over we thought it would be over by this mid-season finale but that's not over I not, not by a long shot no i guess not no random 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 and now for some random thoughts facts or things that we just thought were funny or things that we just wanted to mention that don't really need to be discussed but deserve a mention this certainly wasn't the funniest episode of all times but there was a couple of funny moments so we'll do the funny first for Arthur Weisfeld. You scare me. <laughs> Man, you are good. I'm gonna get you a list of kids from the third grade that used to beat the crap out of me. You know, before I buffed out. An artifact that makes you sweat to death? Okay, that's just... ooh. We have to find the Chinese organ before Artie gets the dagger. If we don't, he'll release the sweating sickness, we'll have to give him the astrolabe, he'll turn back time, the warehouse won't exist anymore, you'll be dead, the world will lose hope and descend into chaos and despair. You want more? I had a lot of caffeine on the plane. I could get a dagger and we get a plague when we stop being the B team. We are not the B team. Fool, we are the second A team. This is it. Warehouse 8. Oh, oh God. I don't know why I bother doing my nails. Oh, I know. My cuticles are a mess. <laughs> uh, we are so the B team. Ooh, Mike's. Look, this thing looks like a Klingon battle axe. You think they'd mind if Yes! I... Well, today was not a good day to die. You okay? Go! I'll handle Heidi. <laughs> oh, yeah? Sprengency headlock? Sometimes I miss the quiet of the ATF. The apartment, the play got released, I remember. And then a whole bunch of other movies just came to mind when that just went out. Yeah, that scene. You never watch Haven, right? Nope. That was another sci-fi show. It was really good. But that scene looked exactly like when they released The Troubles in Haven. It was exactly like that. Right. I don't know if the movie was Outbreak. It was something where somebody was sick on a plane. It had something to do with the monkey. And the guy went to the movie theater and he coughed. And everybody in the movie theater got hit with it. And you can see the particles just floating in the air of the theater. And from there, that's when it started spreading. And just like, you know, you think about COVID. This is how it starts to spread. Right. Yeah, this is kind of a timely episode. But yeah, I never saw Outbreak, but I remember monkeys were in it. I think you're right when you say Outbreak. Mm -hmm. Because I kind of remember the trailers. There was something to do with monkeys. So it made me nervous when Pete and Micah split up to look for Lena at the beginning. You know, they know something's wrong. I hate when they split up. Well, that's the ticket, too, because even like even Pete, he's like, oh, I got a bad feeling about right. this. And he keeps on going. Okay, Pete. You could at least tell Micah, hey, I got a bad feeling, but I'm going over here just for backup, okay? <laughs> right. Let him know where you're at. Pete, he says the warehouse is the side of Rhode Island. And it's weird because I never think of that. I always forget how big the warehouse is. So I'm thinking that when Pete and Micah walk in, they're going to find Lena immediately. But in reality, if they didn't have that screen telling them something happened in the dark vault and the the bronze sector, it would have taken forever to find her. Right. Mm Because she could have been anywhere and they might never have found her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it also made me nervous when Claudia stayed at the warehouse when Pete and Micah went to Budapest. I don't know. All this stuff is happening. We got evil already running around. Think what happened to Lena. Just because her computer says he's in Budapest doesn't mean he's in Budapest. You know, he already tried to fake him out once by saying he was using HG's holographic thing, which meant he could be anywhere. And they find mm-hmm. out, and they found out he was using um, Hugo's eye thing, which meant he had to be in the warehouse. 
Right. You know, I don't know, Lena showing up, and I would be afraid <laughs> to be there by myself. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't think about it like that. Because I, I know she's the one behind the computer. Right. And then I can't remember. What does Steve say to her, though? Steve says something to her. This is when he says something to her. Oh, no. I think that's when they were getting in the car and he's trying to tell her to explain and she goes a million miles an hour. Yeah. But there's a reason behind why she stayed back and then why she had to go with Steve. Because it's true. There's a lot of reason why Claudia has to stay back because she is the whiz behind the computer. Right. But she was also the one who was supposed to stab him with the dagger. So they didn't want her anywhere near him. Right. But then afterwards, they had realized they had to go to two different parts. She explained to Steve. That's why they're getting the orchid. And they're getting a dagger. Right, yeah. Because she can't be near the dagger, although they all ended up in the same place at the end. Right. Yeah, so like I said, I thought the storyline was going to end here, but now they have a whole plague to worry about. Right, yeah. It got interesting, and I had to try not to go forward. Yes, I know. When I do make that mistake of going forward, then I'm like, then I get confused. I might watch it as soon as we're done here, because I didn't want to watch it before we recorded. So I don't have any more notes. Do you have anything? No, it was, it was a good episode. This one was to me a little action-packed, I guess. Yeah. So it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I was totally confused. I had to go back, because I couldn't figure out who was going where. You know, what countries they were in. How they got mm-hmm. there so fast, <laughs> as I've said before, they were all out. Mrs. Frederick was out, and I was getting confused about who was going where. So hopefully when I wrote the recap, I have everybody in the right place. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it, though, because basically everybody was in it, and that was good. Everybody yeah. was part of the storyline. So this is, like I said, the mid-season finale. Because it's not a full season finale, we're not going to take two weeks off, but we'll take a week off between this episode and episode 11. All yeah. right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If any man shall live the same day twice, his reason shall fracture, and he shall live his life as two until there is only one. He shall live as two. A dual personality. That would be my interpretation. As darkness overcomes the light, so shall evil overcome goodness. Hey, this is Doug Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th warehouse. On Twitter at Eureka Warehouse. On Instagram at Eureka underscore warehouse. On our website at the 13th warehouse.com or on Podbean. Theme music for the 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in the 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>